0: Hi, I'm Carl Blanks, co-founder of Conversion Rate Experts. Welcome to our podcast. Here at Conversion Rate Experts, we do just one thing. We make changes to our clients' websites and we stick our necks on the line by insisting that they carry out scientific split tests to verify that we've actually significantly grown their business. We've applied our methodology to some of the web's most sophisticated companies, including Apple, Sony, Google and Facebook. The talks in our podcasts were originally recorded for other purposes, for webinars, for example, but we've converted them here to podcast format to make them easier to listen to on the move. At times, we'll refer to a slide that you can't see. Unfortunately, uh, you've got two choices. You can either imagine what the slide would look like, or if you're really keen, you can visit our podcasts page, which links to a video of the talk itself. Who knows, maybe the slides look better in your imagination. Uh, Today's podcast comes from one of our most popular talks, which we've given at several conferences, but most recently at a webinar with the subscribers of usertesting.com. The talk contains the usability tools and tips that give the most winning insights per minute based on our experience. Uh, The podcast is split into chapters. In chapter two, I describe how Conversion Rate Experts came into being. Now, if you already know this information, you might just wish to skip that and go straight to chapter three, where the talk starts. The slides for this talk can be found at conversion-rate-experts.com slash podcasts. I hope you find it useful. Hiya. Hi, everyone. So what are we going to get from this talk? Well, firstly, I'm going to Show you some tools for user testing, second, some tips for getting great insights when you do user tests and um and thirdly, fifteen common insights that user tests tend to reveal based on based on the uh, the year's worth of user testing that we 've carried out so um my main purpose of this talk is to try to give you something useful, something that you didn 't already know at least you know at least one thing, but hopefully a lot of things that that make you see your business in different ways and so that things that you can actually go away and properly use today or tomorrow and um, and and genuinely grow your business this so as a result there's going to be a lot of information in this talk so I'll uh, I'll you know y- you might want to take notes <laughs> these two remote controls were were uh, someone on, on the web posted these up with a caption saying my my mom is coming to look after our house for the weekend and so i've made the tv remotes more easy to use for her and um and the guys clearly the guys clearly just masked off almost every single button on the whole thing on the dvd one and on the tv one the 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 interesting thing the thing i think's fascinating about this is that if you you know, if you look to what goes in the technology inside those remote controls, if you look if you look at the technology inside, if you took one to bits and you look at the software and all of the the chips and the components, the amount of engineering that went into making that possible is absolutely phenomenal. And isn't it weird that isn't it weird that after so many man years of work and ingenuity that have gone into all of that, that some guy with a roll of masking tape can genuinely like really genuinely make them much more usable genuinely massively improve them it sounds like it wouldn't be possible doesn't it it sounds like it sounds like somewhere in those organisations that there would be people you know how is how is it come that there's so much intelligence has gone into them whereas genuinely with such a small change you can improve them and and that's what this talks about really is that you'll probably find you know I think most people who look at this and think oh I know what you know I know how that feels I would much rather have these this version but this talks about how if you look at your own business you'll almost certainly be guilty of the same thing within your own business and and there are reasons why it's hard to it's hard to spot these opportunities when you're inside the business, but there are a whole load of techniques I'm going to show you to actually you know, make your products, make your website, make more money, and and make it so that users love it, and like like it much more. So here's how things happen. Something's wrong with the world. This is how the world looks. You know how with most devices when when a user can't use it's, it's a strange situation if you've got the user and designer there when the user can't use something they normally say oh i'm an idiot i can't you know i can't program my you know my my uh, pvr or i can't use the the thermostat the heating thermostat in my home or i don't know how to actually set my burglar alarm or you know all of these different products and the user always feels guilty for not being able to use it and weirdly, the designer. When you speak to most designers, they say, "Oh, our, I- our users are idiots." When you, you know, when you listen to the calls we get in the customer services, or you know, it's you know, it's amazing how stupid they all are. So basically, the finger of blame points, and it's a cultural thing. But the finger of blame always points at the user. The designer blames the user, and the user blames themselves, and and so, you know, and, and obviously, you know. It, who's right you know is, is that the right way around and I'd argue that you know it's there's no you know, it's not necessarily untrue you know you could you could put it, put it that way around and you could justify it but what I'd argue is that it's a better much more profitable view is for the finger of blame to always point to the designer so so the users the users should be thinking the designers an idiot <laughs> but they don't for some reason and if they did, maybe the designer would the designers would be a bit more receptive. But in particular, very few designers blame themselves when this, you know, when the users can't use things. The designers normally say, well, you know, we, we've designed it right. It's just the users who are so stupid they can't use this stuff. And there are lots of reasons, but that's a big problem, is that the finger of blame should be pointing at the designer. But the but the, the most important thing is that is that this approach you know whichever approach is right this approach is by far the most profitable and you can have you can run business empires just on this one idea alone and it's such a seldom appreciated idea that if you can become the first in your marketplace to really get this and it's not difficult then you can you can make massive changes to your customer happiness and your profits and uh this quote from Steve Jobs says it all if a user is having a problem it's our problem and that's you know if if there's one if there's one phrase that can that summarizes Apple's ethic I think it's that I think there were loads of great things that Apple did but but I think one of the main breakthrough things is that users Find their products on the whole, you know. Certainly, that the, their most successful products users like because they're so amazingly effortless to use in, in comparison to you know, the alternatives. They sweat the details in this stuff, and you should too. So, good, just going back to where I've come from, where where at my company has come from, um, my co-founder and I, Ben Jessen and I, we used to work in house uh, for a company that sold cell phones on the on the web cell phone mobile phones for travelers and uh, and by 2005 this is the sales group chart that was on the wall for this, um, the staff compensation program and by 2005 we were number one in all the search terms we you know we'd pretty much done everything we could with SEO we'd been in loads of travel magazines and we would had loads of PR and we really didn't know what else we could do and just near the end of the year we went to a um, we went to a conference where Google Analytics was launched and we got very seriously into analytics we started split testing our site and we, we had loads of benefit from split, split testing but what we realized was you know, how do you design a page that's better and so often the answer came from speaking to real users for actually understanding the users and understanding really what was going on in their heads the, ans- the insights didn't come, come anything like so much from clickstream data as they did from user testing and from usability studies, uh, we wrote an article about our about some of the things that we'd um, 108 tips for split testing, and you can still find that on our website. The article went viral. Google the next day contacted us and invited us to be one of the first uh, Google authorized consultants for website optimizer, and that's how the business began. And now we're and now we've we're doing the same thing, increasing conversion rates uh for some of the world's most sophisticated companies like apple and google and facebook and 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 you know this it really works we've got we've had you know a load of businesses we've more than doubled with these techniques so what i'm going to tell you in the next in the next uh, 30 minutes is not just theoretical ideas i 'm going to share with you a lot of things that we do all of the time that each of our consultants has to do with every engagement, so this is properly useful stuff i 'm telling you here, and it 's stuff that you 'd be crazy not to be doing because because from our experience, this is you know among among the most useful activities you can be carrying out in your business so the first question I want you to think about is when did you last run a user test because realistically when you, you know when you ask most marketers. Most marketers haven't run split user tests in the last month. So, if you've run a user test, actually, most marketers haven't really run one personally in the last six months. So, if you're, uh, I imagine if you're, you know, um, if you're a follower of usertesting.com, then there's a good chance that you're much, you know, that you're carrying out user tests much more often than that. But that's that's something that's really important. Is that you know the answer should be for me the answer is what would it be i think about two hours ago now with my last user test we run them several per day and you know personally even as you know the founder of the company so it's really valuable and i'm going to explain why you know why should you run user tests why why is it important and here is the answer <laughs> the answer is uh it's japanese phrase genchi genbutsu which is go and see it's a it's a phrase that um is part of Toyota's methodology. And it's one of their core values is that is that you need to go and see, go and to and, and go and see what. What does that mean? Well, the, the problem is most companies make so many of their decisions sitting around a boardroom table. And the problem with that is when you're talking in a boardroom, you're like you're several layers of abstraction away from actually talking about the real work. You're talking about Reports that discuss the real work, or you're you're talking about talking about the work. You're so far away that it's not very useful. It's um, what you want in, in what Toyota say is, you know, the the Toyota um one of the main principles is not to be having these conversations in the boardroom. Go and see, and you say, well, what do you go and see? In Japanese, it's called Gemba, which is the real place. So in Toyota, the real place is on the you know on the on the factory floor. If there's a problem with one of those robots, don't discuss it in the boardroom. Go down and actually discuss the problem. You know, actually look at the machine that's that's going wrong and discuss it while you're actually looking at what's going on. And there's a massive difference because because that's where the answer lies. The answer lies where the actual pro, in the place that the problem is going on Now the problem is with web marketing. You think, well, how you know how can that apply to web marketing? It's uh, where's the real place? And the answer obviously is the real place is where your users are actually looking at your site all of your problems and all of the answers to your problems happen at the, you know at the at the point at the place where the users are looking at your site so you need to know what's going on there you need to rather than sitting in a in a vacuum sitting in an ivory tower so whom do you test it on who who should who should you be asking to look at your site now the very easiest one and i'd argue the one that you definitely need to do is yourself um obviously there are reasons why you you know you aren't necessarily the target customer for your site but but at the very least by using the site yourself at least you know one of the users extremely well you know there's no there's no user you could ever know as well as yourself if you become the customer, and you'll never really appreciate all of the emotions and the experience unless you yourself have used the site and properly place an order so here's what I recommend you do and even if you've ordered from your company you know even if it's you know if it's more than twelve months ago since you ordered from your own site, then get screen flow so you can record what's actually happening uh, get use Camtasia. Stu- uh, studio, if you're on a PC, or ScreenFlow, if you're on a Mac, either either just our screen recording software, and uh, and watch yourself, you know, record yourself actually using your own site. If you want to test your site on a on a um, uh, iPhone on iOS, then it's very difficult because how do you record what's actually going on in the site? Here, I'm going to show you three technologies for recording iPhone screens. Uh, with Android, it's it's much more straightforward because um uh, because recording the screens not um is not so difficult with Android but with one option with iPhone is you can use a software called Air Server and what it does is it actually uses um it it, it actually uses AirPlay, the uh the Apple um like um uh link link technology to to mirror your iPhone screen onto your desktop screen and so once you've done that then it's straightforward you can use uh, screenflow or one of those the software I mentioned earlier to record your desktop screen and thus you're recording your iphone screen so that's one way of doing it uh, another way is there are two this this software here magitest and what magitest is it's a browser it's an iphone browser but it's a, an iphone browser app that also allows you to record the what what's happening so that's a nice little app and actually there's another one which does the same thing UX recorder so as long as the user is actually using this browser then it, it, it'll create the browser will rec- create a video of what's happening and so that there, there are two or three different ways of recording an iPhone screen and um, and then what you need to do is you need to actually order as near as possible to, to real life so what I'm not suggesting is that you just you know, pretend that you, you, you. I don't want you to just to start on the home page, race through the shopping cart, place the order. Two minutes later, it's done. Actually, find a reason why you can buy in real life. So, actually, become a customer. Start off at Google or wherever you'd normally start searching. Visit your competitor's site. Visit visit your own site. Shop around. Go through all the things that you would do if you're actually buying. We want this to be as realistic as possible because you want to understand like the real the real um, customer. Uh, customer journey, if possible what's handy while you're recording, is see in this window here on the right hand side is call with, um, I'm using Skype there so if you need to call customer services like you normally do when you're actually making some kind of um, decision then you can do it with Skype and then you've got that in the recording and it's also useful with ScreenFlow, you can record your own face as you're ordering because it's useful to be able to see your own expressions as a reminder of what was going on in your mind at that time the next is when the product arrives. You'll be wondering what this slide is. It's uh, when the product arrives, then use it. Don't just like leave it in the box and think, right, done it. Use the product and become a real user because often it's only by by becoming a user of the product then you um, <laughs> that you will actually you know really understand the detail of it. And even you know if when you're ordering you know that you're going to have to use it. That similarly changes your approach to ordering. This um, on the left is one of our consultants Jamie and he's um, using his morph suit That was one, that's one of our clients and uh, we've um I forget what the figure is now but we've we've grown their business I think it's by more than five times and when when Jamie you know the first thing Jamie did was to order a morph suit and to actually go out with his friend I, th- I think they ordered two and to go out <laughs> to go out on, on a night out in the morph suit these are fancy dress Costumes, if you haven't guessed already, and um, and those blotches around their faces are because one of the one of the features is that you can carry on drinking through it, and uh, and and actually becoming a customer. And he learned there are things that Jamie learned from, uh, you know, from ordering that you wouldn't if he'd just been pretending to be a customer. One of them is for you know, one thing is is obviously. It's easy to order something like that, but to, when you're actually realising how self-conscious you might feel, it changes all the emotion. You realise all the emotions that people go through as they're going through the shopping cart that you might not know if you were just ordering it with no intention of ever using it. There's me uh, with uh, a Simply Safe burglar alarm. We, um, uh, I already had a burglar alarm in my home, so I was thinking, well, how am I going to actually use it? So. My my mother didn't have one, so I ordered an burglar alarm for her and set it up in her home, so I could really understand the actual, you know, the whole process. And even just by reading the installation instructions and the, you know, all of the all of the detail and setting it up, I learned I learned enough about the product, lots of things about the product that actually helped when it came to selling it because I understood all the questions I had in my mind and the confusions and things. And uh, we helped Simply Safe to grow the company by it's uh some by I think it's about somewhere between five and ten times the whole company so you know there's a massive differences and obviously with all these companies you know our most successful clients always have really good products that deserve to be sold but um but and 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 almost always have fantastic teams already who are you know really receptive and get this stuff but uh but yeah the, the, the kind of improvements you can have are huge and it's, You know, it's a rule. There's uh, one of our consultants wearing a wearing a a, a ring, some jewellery that that you bought, and uh, everything. Every consultant has to become a customer and a user of what they what they're working on. Um, Yeah, here's another example. I mean, you know, we we really do. There's my co-founder Ben with a shed that he bought. We, uh, one of our clients, sells sheds, and um, and we uh, actually yeah we actually looked around the company to see who which of us was. Most wanted to buy a shed and set it up, and Ben, I wouldn't say Ben actually needed a shed, but he was the person in the company who was least reluctant to buy a shed. So, and and again, just by actually setting it up in the in the house, you didn't set it up in the house. That's not true. He set it up in the in the backyard. But uh, one thing he noticed was that the actual shed panels didn't wouldn't go through the, through his house. They wouldn't fit. They were too large, and they damaged the um, the wall. And so. He, t- he told the client all the detail and they redesigned all of their sheds so they'd go through the ha- house and if you think of how, you know, that sounds extreme but if you think of what that will do for their company, ha- the customer happiness, the net promoter score, the fact that suddenly they're, you know, they're, their sheds are all, um, you yeah, know, come in packages small enough to fit through a, n- a normal home then all those things add up to like making a really you know, a good company with high net promoter score. And there's just another example. I mean th- this is every single client there's me looking amazing you know, amazingly bad before uh, before going to weight watchers we've worked with a few clients in the weight loss industry so by going to weight watchers and actually following the whole program and I, I did follow the whole program for weeks I learned all the different things that they do and all the you know really in detail understood the business model and understand understood all the users because I was there in the meetings and uh, even went through the whole program and it was all you know all in the name of research and the fact that then um, I did need to lose quite a bit of weight so so that's the first thing I mean you know i if I haven't yeah you know, I, I really hope that you know I've, I've persuaded every listener on this call that that's really something that they need to do themselves if if we can go to all that effort for you know for every single one of our clients, then it's you know it's because it's because it really really is effective. The next thing is. You know, once you need fresh eyes on the site, and you need you need to have more people. Who else? You know, who else should you be look, should be looking at your site? And the easiest one is anyone you can find. You know, uh, you, in the early days, but with your first few user tests, you'll probably find that pretty much anyone you show the site to will be able to find usability problems. And uh, and so, our first user tests were carried out. I mentioned that conference before, didn't I? Um, the one in Las Vegas. The uh, this slide here shows the top, the top floor of this uh, shopping mall uh, had a has a, a food hall in it, and it also had Wi-Fi, which was quite uh, rare in two thousand and five. And so we spent the day, we spent the whole day in this food hall, where we would where we would uh, speak to people after they'd finished their meals, ask them a few questions about our take, you know, do you mind if I show you our site, and we'd love to hear you know, how you think it could be improved, and then they'd. Um, and we'd ask them questions, and then we were actually updating the site after each person we spoke to, and then we'd go to someone else. And our our site went through about ten iterations during the day. And back, you know, back in the in the uh, main office, the uh, the operations team were wondering what was going on because the number of orders, like during that day, the number of orders that we were getting significantly increased because we were just continually iterating through different versions of the site and you know iterate, redesign, test tested on someone else redesign it on someone else and during that day we significantly increased the conversion rate so that's that's something i'd highly recommend just anyone you can find you know anyone at all anyone you bump into friend, friends and family and then you reach a certain point where where you get to the point where you start to find that the feedback you're getting people aren't spotting really obvious you know usability usability problems because you've ironed them out and then it gets to the point where you need someone who's qualified to actually look at your site with the point where whatever it is that you sell you really do need someone who's actually in the market for what it is you sell and it's a shame when you reach that point actually because <laughs> because it means that um, it gets a little bit more difficult but so how do you actually you know how do you actually um, interview people who actually are in the market for what you're you know for and, and currently looking for what you sell well one thing is I mean one answer is by any means possible and one of our clients sold uh, health supplements for dogs so there's one of our consultants Jeremy who's gone to the uh, Crufts dog show in London and uh, Jeremy he's based in Australia now but at the time he was based in the UK so uh, he spent I think two days I think it was walking around Croft speaking to dog owners and asking them loads of questions and showing them the website and saying "What, what, what do you think we could improve about this and you know just really getting to know the market in detail so find anywhere that you can that your prospects hang out and you know and it's probably not going to be something really tidy it's just it's just some way of you know, whatever means you can think of of finding them wherever they wherever they go uh, when we were selling the world phones we used to do lots of tests in airports because obviously that's where the customers hung out, hung out. so um uh that that's something that I'd, you know any anywhere that they hang out and just approach people and it is awkward, but the good thing is that if you can do this then it's a massive advantage, most people won't do this because it's slightly uncomfortable. They would rather the answers to be sitting in that boardroom table so by being the i'd say the very small you know if, if you can be one of the small fraction of people who have the nerve the gut to overcome the awkwardness and do this, then you get huge benefits and again i'm speaking to you know this is uh, it depends on what size of company you're working with if you if you're, if you're uh, with a small company. Then this is probably the best way to do things. If you're with a larger company, then there's good arguments why you might want to recruit, you know, people to come into a user lab or whatever. But even then, sometimes you just need answers quick. And even even waiting three days to get someone into a user lab is too long. And a quick trip to the nearest airport, you can be back, you know, before the end of the day with all the data. And he is he is my mother. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I regularly do user use tests on my family because they you know if I can find if they turn out to be you know, in the my mother plays bingo for example so so I asked her to work on this client site and sign up for this you know, sign up for this and it's you know, anyone you can find who's in the target market and the next one is your visitors because there's a good thing about your visitors and it's quite subtle is that the people who are visiting the site are obviously actually buying at that moment so if you could just capture them and interview them, wouldn't that be, you know, wouldn't that be powerful to be able to speak to them as they're just arriving at your site so you can actually hear their objections in real time. Now there's a software here called Ethneo, And all Ethneo is, it's a great bit of software. It's just a recruitment screener, just a little survey that pops up on the screen. And as you can see there in this case you you can um, you can edit it but you can say this one says do you have 30 minutes for a phone interview earn 50 pounds this was a uk client that we were working with at the time um at amazon.co.uk and uh and so we recruited people you know, um and and then you can contact them and share screens with them and ask them questions about what they were hoping to do today you know what which pages we can watch them working the way through the site and you can offer them whatever reward is enough to is to get enough people participating, and that can be that can be really really useful. We do we use Ethneo a lot. I think a lot of you know there's a good chance that if you're on this uh, on this call, you'll know what you well you'll you'll know some of what UserTesting.com does. And uh, and one of the things that UserTesting.com does now is that they can actually do all of this work for you. So what I have just described with with Ethneo, where you can recruit people and then you can get on the phone with them usertesting.com doesn't just have users on it anymore but it also has moderators so you can pay for someone just to go away do all the moderation work you know speak to real users and then just to send you the reports the videos and things of what happened and next is your customers um, the good thing about your customers speaking to your customers is they know your your, your customers know all of the obviously you know firstly they're qualified you know, some of your visitors might not be qualified. You might not even want some of the – it depends on what type of business. But it, with some types of business, some of the visitors just aren't even in the target demographic and maybe don't have enough money to even afford the services or whatever. Um, but if you can speak to your customers, you know, the one thing you know is they're qualified. Your own customers are definitely qualified, and they know what they were looking for when they arrived at the site. They know what their objections are. They know what nearly caused them – not to order and that's a good question to ask them is, is you know what was you know what things nearly stopped you from ordering so you can really understand what the crucial objections are to your own customers Um, SEO Mars one of our clients SEO Mars that we grew, we almost we, we almost tripled their uh, their business and uh, and they uh, uh, there are a, a few things that they did when, when they went to trade shows they actually took the website along and whenever they'd speak to you know the They'd speak to people who were um, existing customers. They would kind of talk through, you know, what nearly made you not sign up and what are the biggest, uh, the biggest barriers, to, would you say, for signing up. And also they, um, they, they you know, invited some existing customers to actually carry out usability tests and uh, yeah, with, with great results. Uh, two specific types of technique for user testing. One of them is card sorting. Um, if you're wondering what the information architecture should be about your site, basically, if you're wondering how the pages should be arranged, what should be the the navigation, then you can either guess all of this, but it is hard to guess. It's guess. It's hard to, to decide what should be in each menu item. But you can card sorting is a technique for allowing your visitors or your customers to do it for you. There's a tool called Optimal Sort, which is really nice software, and what Optimal Sort does is it allows what you do is you create on the left-hand column this left-hand column here you create a list of all of the different um the different sections in your site so it can be quite a long list and then what you you say to the users is please could you drag these into groups into categories that you think should be you know and suggest what they should be so for example for this cell phone company you know, this user has already dragged three into a section and they've named it by a phone. And they've dragged these three into a section that they've called existing customers. And uh, the good thing about this is you can get to know how your visitors who have those fresh eyes that you no longer have because you have the you have the curse of knowledge where you've spent too long in this company to actually be able to imagine what a visitor sees. And they and they can actually suggest the categories for you. And at the end, what um what optimal sort does is it produces a clever report which actually shows you know like an average which you know which things tended to be grouped together by most people so you can see you know it actually gives you an actionable report of like suggesting you know what the what your navigation should look like another tool by the same company is called is treejack and that does the same thing in reverse where it tests your existing navigation. Once you think you've got your navigation right, then you can ask visitors to see this question here, for example, your son has just bought a smartphone and you want him to keep it safe. Where would you look to buy a protective case? And then the users can guess which um, which section of your site it would be in. So again, you can test. You might want to use Jack before you even use Optimal Saw just to see whether, you know, to see whether, where the main problems are with the navigation, or maybe you want to do it afterwards if you suspect there are problems with what you come up with. The next techniques, all the things I've talked about so far are moderated. Actually, apart, um, apart from those last two, actually, apart from the, um, the optimal sort, the, the, user, the information architecture ones, the, the moderated user tests, which mean basically there's a moderator, there's someone there speaking to the person who's using the site and asking them questions as they go along and the problem with that is that moderating is time consuming and therefore expensive relatively expensive so there are, uh so one thing that's you know user testing.com's first and a uh, core product is is the uh, is unmoderated user testing so what you do if you haven't used user testing.com already and I would recommend you do because it's uh, it's something that we use a lot it's uh, it's one of our most um, fruitful uh, tools that we use is is you can just sign up you give your you you give your um, URL that you'd like visitors to look at and then and then um, you say how many tests you'd like doing and then you can write details like of what you'd like the visitors to actually do and what you know what scenario you'd like what what kind of um uh, uh, te- use case that you'd like them to follow and then they can actually um, they the this user testing has dot com has a whole load of uh, user testers around the world who can record a video and they can um you get to see a video of them using the site and trying to carry out the task and you you get a little report as well which you know details some of the problems that they had and what their views were and the great thing about this is that it, it's it's inexpensive but it's it's um it's doesn't require much of your time you can commission a few of these reports and very soon afterwards you'll start getting you'll get the results back and you know all that you need to do is spend the time taken to watch the movie and even, even if you're too busy for that to read the report of what the highlights were if you if you want to do this yourself if you want to be the one moderating then we find you know join go to meeting. We use go to meeting a lot, and so we can share screens. So we can invite the other person, the user, to share screens with us, and so we can see their screen. And one little tip is, if you do use go to meeting, then there's a there's a, the URL at the top there. Join go to meeting dot com is actually you know a lot of people don't know it exists, but I think it's the easiest way to invite someone. Say on the phone, if you're on the phone to someone. If you want them to, to join a go meeting, then if, if they go to join.gotomeeting.com, to dot com, then you can read out the meeting ID to them. And that's the easiest way we, we, we know of to get them to join the meeting. Much easier than somehow managing to email a URL to them. Uh, another tool that's popular with people who do remote usability tests is join.me, where it's uh, it's it's a very easy way for the other person to um to join your meeting and to be able to therefore show their screen doodle.com is a good way if you're doing loads of these in a day you want some way of all the other people like booking you up for a slot rather than having to struggle to actually agree a time when they'll so, so it's basically if you've recruited people from Ethneo then you want you could do it straight away and speak them straight away but you might choose to send them to a doodle form where they can actually schedule themselves in, book themselves in for an appointment with you and then uh, and then and then you just turn up at the time and it's all been set up so yeah doodle can be good for scheduling those meetings and doodle has a feature where once you're booked up for a certain time slot that time slot's gone so do hunt around for that feature of doodle notable is good we use notable a lot uh, within our company um, it's uh, notable allows you to upload an image of the page that you're working on and then you can ask other people who are notable users with us, we do it within our company in all of our here's one of our blog posts and as you can see every single one of our blog posts we we use a test by getting several people to read it out so we can check it for readability and and um how intelligibility and then we email it to all the consultants and ask them to make comments in notable if they have any about things that could be changed to improve it and they just drag these little comment boxes around a bit that they think. They'd like to to they think should be changed, and as you can see here, here's one highlighted. You can uh, they can add comments, and you can even have a discussion. So we use Notability as a, yeah a lot. We use it we use it loads. Here's some tips for user testing. Some things that we found um, increase the you know, efficiency of it. If you see this slide here, the um, we've got two scripts that will be that that you might find useful. The Steve Krug script for how for what you say to set up a user test. So you don't have to just the first few that you'll do you'll probably find are quite stressful because you're frantically thinking of what to say and you don't want to you don't want to screw it up. And Ethneo has a script there. So um, if you, you can use either of those two scripts will help you to you know, take the thinking out of what you actually say. Keep this in mind, the best user tests leave you in tears. Um, it's upsetting. You know if you've worked on some, sometimes the truth is, often the truth is painful and and you know, if you find that after the first user test you're feeling despondent and thinking oh I'm just kind of I'm starting to wonder if I'm actually any good at this job <laughs> you know that I spent ages designing that and the user thought it was useless and you kind of it, it's very easy to feel despondent or angry at the user and the one thing you have to keep in mind when you know at this point because you, you you can genuinely think, am I even very good at this? Because, the you know, that user just didn't understand anything I'd written, for example. The thing to keep in mind, the best marketers are the ones who do user tests. And so even if you find that the user is actually telling you things about the site and making suggestions, where you think, wow, how did I not notice that myself? This this user actually seems to be be better at this than I am, which often happens. Is you have to remember, no, the best marketers are the ones who have the humility to actually listen to all of this feedback, take it on board, improve the page, and then you know within an hour's time you'll be speaking to another user, another person. So you don't have to be, you know, don't set yourself up to be uh, someone who can write a page first time round that is amazing. You know, understand that the best marketers are the ones who have the humility to do user tests and have the humility to take on this board and who and trust in the process enough that they you know they don't need to be the celebrities they're happy to take on loads of criti- frank harsh criticism the next thing i don't know if you know who that's louis through i don't know if you know who louis through is but a, a great tip is be louis through be like louis through he's a he, he makes um. Investigative re- documentaries, really, where he spends time with very controversial people, and Louis Theroux has a real knack of making the people he's interviewing feel so safe that they really, really speak their mind. And as a result, he's a very polite, subservient character. And as a result, if you you know if you go on YouTube and watch any of his TV programs, they're all very entertaining. Actually, is he's such a subservient character that that he brings out, he he makes them feel safe and confident to speak their mind and as a result he he brings things out of people that most interviewers wouldn't and so it's a really good technique to to always make the person feel safe and encourage them when they're criticizing your side the second that you clam up and or start acting defensively the person will stop giving you all that valuable feedback. The next one is keep quiet and ask later Um, it's, it's a good idea to only speak during the when you really need to and if you want to ask questions about something the second you start saying to the person "Well, what are you thinking now what are you thinking now then you kind of influence like um, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle where where you actually inf- by by actually taking the measurements during the test you're influencing the test so it's a lot better just to leave it till the end and say you know what I noticed when you were up there what were you thinking then and I think you get a much truer um, well, view of what they were thinking Another one is collaborate. The, the words um, the words of the famous um, professor Ice there, Vanilla Ice. Uh, collaborate and listen. Um, once you go back through the recording and you say to the user, "Well, you know, I noticed that you got stuck there." They'll often suggest something. You can, you can, or you can suggest. You can say, "Well, if we did this, would that have fixed that problem?" And they might say, um, "Not really." And you say, "Well, what about if we did this?" And between you, one, you know. Uh, between you, you can actually collaborate and work on a solution that would have fixed the problem, and so you can get a lot of use out of actually suggesting things to them and trying to under, try to problem solve with them in you know, back back and forth. And finally, here I've got a list of things that you see during user testing things that things that come up a lot. Firstly, is the user making stupid mistakes, and as we you know, as we talked about before, that really means you you're being a stupid designer. You know. You, but you'll be surprised during your first user tests how many stupid mistakes the users make and it's uh, and it kind of makes you recalibrate your brain as to how simple your site has to be because you'll probably be surprised at how stupid the mistakes are that they make but they're busy and they don't necessarily use the web for a living and they've got lots of good excuses the next one is the house visitor effect it's amazing <laughs> it's really quite weird how once you actually the second that the test starts, you start noticing things on your site that you'd never even noticed were there, you'd forgotten were there. And so the mere fact that someone's looking at your site and you're seeing it through their eyes, it's the same as when someone comes to visit your home. And the second they walk through the door, you immediately think, I hadn't noticed that wall, just that, that mark on it, and oh, has that pile of books been, I didn't notice that pile of books was there, that's been there. They've been there for a week, and, I, yo, and you and you look through the you, you look through your own home and spot things that you just forgotten were there because you've become so used to it. So so even even if the user gave you no feedback whatsoever, just from having those fresh eyes from seeing it, trying to anticipate what they're seeing is valuable. Uh, a really really upsetting one is them not scrolling. If you have created a page that requires scrolling, you'll be upset how often they don't. And if they don't, it means that they're only seeing maybe like a tiny fraction of the content on the page. And if they don't scroll often, that content can, content is nowhere else on your site, so the you know, the, the content might as well just not exist. It it happens a lot in user tests we find, and uh, we've written an article as you can see here, how to make your you make users scroll down your page, and that article contains a load of techniques we use that we find overcome that problem. Another one. This this is actually a photo that we took. Um, it's a, it's a it's a sign saying this is not a bin, pointing at what clearly is a bin. <laughs> I've no idea. I, I wish I'd actually checked to see what what was in that because it, it you know it's a bin, isn't it? And one thing you find is that if it looks like a bin, you, you people will treat it as if it's a bin, and they will and, and putting up warning signs and instructions is futile the best way to stop people from treating it like a bin is to make it not look like a bin so it's the same with with you know with order forms for example if people don't understand how to use the order form sticking instructions at the top people don't read instructions so change the actual affordances of the thing itself rather than adding instructions and 10 more things the final 10 things here that we see 10 obstacles that we often see during user tests um the user completely misses the point, that happens a lot, where the com- the user just absolutely doesn't understand what the page is about. You'd be amazed how often that happens. They hit a sticking point, which absolutely stops them from going any further. Um, is unsure what you do, can somehow actually read the page and doesn't really understand what you are as a company. Uh, the next one is doesn't trust you. and And as I go through this list, what I want you to remember is that these are the most common things but it might, there's a good chance that only one of these is the biggest problem with your site. Is that, that, that Basically that you need to find out which of these is the case with your site because don't trust you might be the biggest problem, in which case you need to like, you know, do things about it. But if you know, the next one is, isn't interested, if the, if the visitor doesn't find it interesting, then you need to fix that. If they're confused, which is the next one down, then you need to fix that. If they don't believe your product's claims, which is often the case, surprisingly the case, especially in certain industries like in um, in health and nutrition, it happens a lot, isn't convinced that you're better than the alternatives. If that's the problem, then that's the thing that you need to fix. Uh, often the visitors are worried about the risk, in, in which case you need to find ways of reducing the risk. And the are a whole low. For each one of these things on this list, there's probably you know, at least 10, maybe nearer to a hundred strategies that can overcome this. So risk reduction itself is a whole, you know, a whole there's a whole load of strategies for risk reduction, but they're only applicable if you actually, you know, if that's the problem. And then often the case, wants to think about it, the, the visitor just is still researching. And again there are things that you can do about that, but you only should be doing those things if that's the problem. So diagnose the problem, do the user tests, and then fix the actual problem that pertain to your site so that was the end of that webinar i hope you enjoyed it Uh, many of the things i talked about can be found in much more detail on our website at conversion-rate-experts.com we've got free reports you can download you can subscribe to our newsletter you can read our articles and there are many tools and tips you can use for free to increase your website's profits if you listen to this podcast as a one-off, you might like to subscribe to it to hear more of our talks and seminars. You can learn more at conversion-rate-experts.com podcasts.